Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the brand new episode of the Sport Huddle, brought to you by Leeds Hospital Radio Sports Team. My name's Ian Marsden, and tonight I'm joined by La Creme de la Creme, Alan Breeze, and Tony Chalk are here to show the facts over our local football teams, our local cricket team, uh, the Leeds Rhinos Rugby League, and also previewing the Rugby Union World Cup, and there may be a bit of US Open tennis as well, plus our sporting moments of the week. And if you do listen to this quite regularly, I think you'll know where mine is. And so we'll start with local football and um, Tony. Um, Leeds nil, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Uh, um, Yeah, it was uh, disappointing, shall we say. Yeah, disappointing result, I think, wasn't it, in the end? Um, I suppose if you're looking for uh, positives to take out of it, then um, Leeds, for the I think the first time this, this season, did not concede the first goal. In fact, they didn't concede a goal at all. They kept a clean sheet, and uh, yes. it's quite a while since they've done that. So uh, I suppose that's the positive. Uh, the disappointing thing, obviously, is that they um, failed to uh, convert any chances. And... They had, uh, I, I, I haven't seen the game and, and I didn't actually see any highlights of it. So I'm going on reports, really. But I think they had something like 70 percent of possession. I'm told by uh, people who were there that they dominated the game for an hour or so. But they, they could actually have let it slip in the, in the last half hour when Sheffield Wednesday did have the odd chance. So uh, I suppose we should be grateful that uh, the, the defence managed to hold tight and didn't let them uh, knock any in. But uh, they, they've still got this, this problem, really, haven't they? Uh, of, of not converting a lot of the nice play into uh, into what matters, and that's goals. Um, I suspect they, they're, pr- yeah. they're probably still uh, lacking a focal point up front um, uh, and, and that they've, they've got sort of wingers and number 10s, but they haven't really got a number nine at the moment. Uh, and so, so that, that may come to rights in the end. Uh, of course, the other thing to see is, is, is how all these new players sort of start to gel together. Uh, and the fact that um, uh, obviously uh, Fark, the manager, has got got them for a fortnight now will help. Although some are away on international duty, obviously. Um, but I, 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 the jury's still out on Leeds, and, and will be for a while until the team gets settled in everything. And, and I suspect we probably won't know till maybe the end of next month um, what his settled team is and, and and how it's likely to fare. But uh, there's still some promising signs, but there are some some areas of concern. Two games unbeaten as well. Um, I think it might even be three. Um, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, don't quote me on that. But you know, a couple of games unbeaten that's got to help with the Ipswich win as well. Um, thanks very much. It is obviously international week this week, so there are no games in the Premier League and the Championship. Um, but we'll stay with the Championship just for a little bit longer. Alan uh, Huddersfield Town um, almost clutched a draw from the jaws of victory and then went and snatched victory from the jaws of a draw uh, within two minutes of injury time of each other. Um, absolutely fantastic. And for their first win to go to the Hawthorns, um, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, yes. And a fantastic result from uh, everybody really written off Huddersfield, including from if you listen to his uh, earlier press conference, so did the manager. But we'll come back to that. Tony, I must congratulate you. Um, for somebody who didn't actually follow the game or see any highlights, that's the most... 
the, the most uh, in-depth analysis and explanation of a game I think I've heard in my lifetime. Um, I was there on commentary. Um, I think I, I think maybe uh, for a suggestion, maybe we should just put Tony in charge of uh, match analysis uh, blind, give him a blindfold and see if he can do better than that. But uh, I think... Uh, um, going back to Leeds, I think sometimes you've got to say to the other side, uh, Sheffield Wednesday defended really well. But uh, other than that, I, I agree with everything you said, Tony. Um, on to Huddersfield. Yes, um, it really has been a, a rather strange situation. Huddersfield have been trying to sell to new owners. They get a new owner. Everything seems OK. And then suddenly... Um, <laughs> Um, Neil Warner wants some more players. <laughs> the new owner says you're not having any. <laughs> so, so Neil Warner then throws a strop. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether anybody's seen it, but I, I was surprised he was still in the job. I think he probably wouldn't have been if he'd gone to West Brom and lost. Um, but they went there, and, and bizarrely, they took an early lead, uh, equalised early by West Brom. And as Ian said, um, West Brom were about to win the game, and Leeds, sorry, Huddersfield went up the other end, and Jack Radoni, who was a real gem of a player, Huddersfield have, have taken out of the lower leagues, he scored a cracking winner, and well done then, Huddersfield creep out of the relegation zone, I know it's early days, but it's better to be fourth from the bottom than second from the bottom, so well done to Huddersfield. Brilliant, and uh, again, yep, it's international week, um, but an absolutely fantastic victory against their old manager as well in Carlos Cobran's um, West Brom team. So even uh, that must have felt a bit sweeter as well um, for Huddersfield Town. Um, there are games in League One and League Two. Um, so if you want a fix of football, I think Valley Parade on Saturday might be the place to be. Um, it's Bradford City against Grimsby Town. And um, our very own Mariner uh, will be there with Alistair Kirkpatrick, our very own Bantam, um, bringing you full match commentary on that one. Um, are you looking forward to it, Alan? I am very much. Uh, indeed, I, I covered uh, the, the same game last season with, with Alistair Kirkpatrick. Um, cracking game. Uh, Bradford won 3-2. Grimsby were ahead 2-1 at half-time. But Andy Cook went and basically bullied the Grimsby defence in the second half. But this year, no Andy Cook. This year, you look at Bradford's uh, performances, uh, very up and down. They got a good point uh, away at Mansfield, but they really have not fired on all cylinders. They've got uh, one or two international call-ups, uh, even at that level. Um, and um, Grimsby are actually ahead of Bradford this, this time. And if Grimsby were to win that game, they'd go second. They'll be having probably not as many fans over there as they would have had had it not been on on uh, Sky. Um, I think the, the the Grimsby fans are a wily lot. They'd rather spend their money in the pub watching it for, for now. They're not quite Yorkshiremen, you know, but they, they, they know a bargain when they see one. So there'll probably only be about 1,700 of them there, but they'll they'll be cheering the team on. And um, I'm really I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, should be a good one. Bradford, like you say, haven't hit the uh, ground running, really. And uh, Andy Cook hasn't scored yet this season. Um, Tony, I think 
Bradford, um, there are murmurs already of um, fan disenchantment against Mark Hughes. Um, this is almost almost a must win for them. Yeah, it, it, they, they sort of promised so much, and I suppose the fact that they they sort of came close last year, got to the playoffs, and everybody expecting them to uh, to build on that and uh, to be right up there challenging, and they've made a, a sketchy start, but. Bits of last season were quite sketchy as well. There were a lot of drawn matches at Valley Parade that they probably should have won. Um, so, uh, again, it, I can understand that the fans are sort of think, champing at the bit, thinking they should be up there at the, the top of the ta- table, challenging. I uh, can't remember who it is at the top. No doubt you'll remind me before we've finished. Um, and, yeah, I thought so. And, uh, um, but, but the, you know, it's been a stuttering start and... and, and that's bound to lead to some discontent, but um, I think they should save their uh, sort of worries for a bit later in the season and, and see how things develop. It's a very early stage, so we've so only played a handful of games, yeah. and uh, uh, to be thinking about sort of getting rid of a manager at this stage seems to me to be rather silly. So I still think there's every chance that Bradford will be challenging, and uh, it would help, of course, if, if they could start to, to, to put a decent run together very soon. Yeah, they need to start scoring some more goals. And um, as I said, yeah, Andy Cook hasn't scored yet, has he? Am I right? No. I think. Yeah. yeah, hasn't scored a goal this season. Um, mm. Yeah, just to let you know, Tony, um, it's Notts County who are top of League Two. Ah, um, right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were scratching around there. Just, uh, yeah. just thought I'd uh, put that yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank you for clearing um, that up. Sure. Well, there, yeah. are, there are quite a lot of Notts County fans listening tonight. So um, I'm sure they, they would are. want to be reminded of that. <laughs> yes, there are, because I told them all to listen. So. <laughs> what was his name? Hey. <laughs> oh, that old chestnut. Anyway, um, Harrogate are away at Gillingham on Saturday, so that'll be a tough game. Although mm. Gillingham have lost their last two, um, so it but still be a tough game for Harrogate and uh, in League Two. So, yep, yeah, uh, catch... Bradford City against Grimsby Town on Leeds Hospital Radio. If you're in hospital, uh, we have full match commentary with Alistair Kirkpatrick and our Alan Breeze. And uh, we'll be, um, it's from half 12. Yes, half 12 kickoff. So um, if you're in hospital, you get to listen to that. And then actually, um, we'll go to the Rhinos next because, Tony, um, they're playing Saturday afternoon at three o'clock against Wigan. And um, we'll have full match commentary of that as well. Um, the Rhinos beat Hull, like you said they would. Um, so I think it, that means that means they're going to lose to Wigan, isn't it? That's the way it's going right now. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, predicting what's going to happen in this match on Saturday is. Uh... Uh, it's just folly, I think, really. It's a fool's errand because uh, who knows what could happen with Leeds. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, Wigan, obviously, up there uh, uh, at the top of the table. I don't know if they're still top, but they're certainly uh, pretty near the top if they're not. Certain to be in the playoffs, certain to be challenging for uh, uh, a grand final appearance, I would think. Uh, Rhinos, it's still a fanciful i think to imagine them getting in the playoffs uh but i, I see that apparently they have signed i think david fuzzy tour and uh james bentley have signed contract extensions um in the last day or two i think so at least that'll be something that will 
hopefully bring a bit of contentment to the uh, the fan base who are, I, I gather are not too happy at the way the uh, recruitment's going. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't know what will happen on Saturday. Uh, who knows? I suppose they're due a loss. But uh, that being said, it's the sort of fixture they'll probably go and win, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they do seem to they do seem to win the games against the top teams. Um and yeah, Wigan. But Saturday afternoon, three o'clock at Headingley, it's almost um God, it's almost old school, isn't it? Yeah, is it three o'clock? I thought two forty five I've got. Two forty five. Is it two forty five? So um but anyhow, yes, it'll still fit in nicely after the uh, the commentary from Valley Parade, of course, for, uh, it for is, those yes. who, are, have uh, a, who, are in, who are in hospital. A double a, bill. Yes, a, a good afternoon's listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, they have, I mean, they've, I'm a, I forget now what happened earlier in the season, but I think they, they won at St. Helens and at Wigan, didn't they? And yes, they did. Yeah. Like yeah. That, and then lost twice to Castleford and lost at Wakefield. So. And they've beaten yeah. Catalans as well. Beaten Catalans. Yes, yes. Beaten Catalans. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. That's right. So, yeah, on that basis, I suppose um, we should be expecting them to win. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure the fans would prefer um, <laughs> maybe swapping one of those wins against a top side for a whole raft of wins against lower sides that they should have beaten, uh, yes. to be honest. Um, they I want to see so. some consistency and they haven't seen it this season. Uh, and really, they do need to see it next season because otherwise, I think the coach is going to be under a lot of pressure, as they say. Definitely, he will be. A start of next season is uh, going to be absolutely crucial for him um, if he's still in the um, hot seat. Uh, yep, Leeds against Wigan um, follows Bradford Grimsby, and it's with Steve Fountain and Kane Hall who will be bringing you full live match commentary from Headingley on Saturday. So, I mean, basically. Get in your bed for 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 half twelve, and uh, you can stay there till five o'clock. And uh, that's an afternoon of sport that uh, we'll be bringing you live in Leeds Hospital Radio. So uh, look forward to that. And um, yes, moving on uh, to Yorkshire cricket. And um, I'm guess there's been some game, there's been some play at Scarborough, actual county championship stuff as well. Um, how are the boys getting on? Um, Alan, we'll start with you, sir. Well, it's a shame we haven't got any Lancastrians on today because not only have Yorkshire first team given uh, Derby a pretty good hiding, and uh, I know Tony went to one of the days there, so he could probably give you more of an insight uh, than I do. Yeah. But um, I, I have noticed there was a good performance from quite a lot of batsmen, young batsmen, as well as the more established ones, and also the bowlers. So um, there's a chink of hope, uh, I think, from the Yorkshire first team. But the second team, they gave Lancashire seconds a good hiding in Southport. <laughs> so if, if any of our Lancastrian commentators uh, listen to this, uh, and they, I know they do, they, they, they do, might keep quiet about it, but the Lankies were given a good hiding. I was going to go to Southport, but unfortunately, my Lancastrian friend ducked out. Uh, not the one you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> apparently, his wife wanted to go shopping, so he was probably better off doing that than watching the Yorkshire seconds give Lancashire seconds a good hiding. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's that's the literal, basically, um, definition of clutching at straws. 
um, for, for crowing about a reserve team victory. Um, but hey, you know, whatever. Tony, how good were Yorkshire against Derbyshire um, at Scarborough? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, first day was, was was quite even, and uh, I know uh, when I was I was there on the second day, and a few people had been there. I was talking to them at lunchtime uh, on the second day, and they'd been there the previous day as well. And at that stage, they were quite pessimistic. I think I think um, Derbyshire at that stage was something like a hundred and fifty-ish for three at lunch in reply to Yorkshire's two nine seven, and they went on to I think to one hundred and seventy-three for three. Um, uh, early in the afternoon session and at that stage he just said Derbyshire were on top uh, but then wickets started to fall uh, and they fell in, in something of a heap as indeed they did in Derbyshire's second innings. Uh, I have to put a, a word out for, for Wayne Madsen who played I thought superbly well on, on Monday. He made 93 as he did again in the second innings of course um, and I, I can remember him playing two or three false shots in the whole of that innings uh, he played really well, deserved 100, and probably deserved 200 in the match, really. Um, but Yorkshire, yes, did well. Um, obviously, there was a bit more in the pitch on the first day, I suspect. Um, but it turned into a pretty good track. Although it looks as though there was a bit of turn there for Don Bess on the, on the last day when he took four wickets, of course, which is great for him because his confidence must be pretty low. He's, he's not had a great season and he's been out on loan a couple of times. So I was really pleased that, that, that he, got to, he got some wickets there. Uh, and uh, the, the question I had actually, I was I was listening to some of the commentary on the third day, and um, <laughs> when Yorkshire got sort of 450 ahead, I thought, oh well, he'll declare any time now, and he just went on and on and on. And uh, did they really need to set them 570 on? The unfortunate thing in the end, of course, was he got himself in a position where by T Matthew Revis was f uh, 98 not out, so he couldn't declare until he got his hundred, uh, and and. Uh, it didn't matter in the end. They won with time to spare, but it was one of those. Yorkshire have had one or two cases in recent yeah. years where they've just batted on a bit too long. Uh, but this time, fortunately, they had the firepower to get through. On the downside, I thought Matt Fisher bowled very well in the first innings. A really good spell from the uh, Trafalgar Square end. But of course, he didn't bowl in the second innings because he apparently he's got a side strain. So that's a concern for a bowler who's. Uh, had so many injuries in his career and, and of course everybody's now wondering are we going to see him again this season will he be fit for the next uh, game at Glamorgan uh, but plenty of batsmen made runs that's good uh, Shan Masood still looking for his first century for Yorkshire apparently he was out to a blinder of a catch for 80 odd in the second innings uh, and the wickets were fairly well spread around so I, I would say a good team effort a good victory but Derbyshire aren't a strong side they've not won this season uh, and there are some tougher tasks to come. They've got Glamorgan away. They've got Leicestershire away. who have had an outstanding season. And they've got Worcestershire at home. And those last two are still both in with a shout of promotion. So uh, nothing too easy for the rest of the season. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, but it's a win. And, um, you know, a win's a win is a win, I think. Yeah. So um, yeah. take what you can. Um, any news off the pitch uh, this week, you two? <laughs> well, <laughs> last week uh, we, we brought you the news that uh, the Mail Online was reporting that Yorkshire are looking at selling the ground. Um, that one still seems to be floating around. The latest suggestion from the Mail Online is that um, Rajasthan Royals are interested in actually buying the club, hook, line and sinker, which would have mean, of course, that it would cease to be a members club anymore. Uh, and, and it would be owned by Rajasthan Royals for them to do what they wanted with. Um, 
Now, the one thing that um, uh, gives me hope in all this is that uh, for the fact that the Yorkshire members tend to be a pretty uh, compliant lot and vote for whatever they're told to do, I suspect the thought of them having to vote through uh, the end of the club as a members club might stick in enough throats to make it not happen, because I think there'd have to be a two-thirds majority, and I would certainly hope um, that two-thirds of the Yorkshire membership would vote against that. Um, and that could end up forcing the club into administration, of course, but I think a lot of people would rather see that uh, than see it given to uh, uh, some distant body that would have really no uh, interest in, in, in Yorkshire cricket other than a, a means of making money. Um, because if it did go into administration, of course, um, the person who would have first call on the assets would be one Colin Graves. Yes. Alan, what are your thoughts on uh, the off the field situation right now? Well, it's a mess, isn't it? Uh, and it's been a mess for some time. And it's easy to sit here and say it's a mess. But <clears throat> obviously, there must have been a series of really bad decisions uh, down the line. I suspect egos have been very prominent. Um, Colin Graves has offered to put some of, I think it's his wife's money in, as opposed to his own. <laughs> um, but uh, this is where the egos maybe have, have got in the way. I don't know whether that was what strings Colin wanted to. He's always struck me as being a very pragmatic businessman. He's, he's run successful businesses. He was broadly a successful ECB compared to what we've got at the minute. I don't know. I think I think that we could do a lot worse. Go, you know, just say, look, we're all on the same side here, Colin. Um, come back, but there's some egos there that ain't gonna let that happen. Tony. Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I think uh, there are there are egos. There are certainly people who have uh, agendas that don't want Colin Graves anywhere near the club. Um, quite why that is, I'm, I'm not sure, um, whether it's just the fact that they think, oh, if we have anything to do with what might be seen as the old regime, then everybody's going to start looking at the club again and saying, oh, you're not doing the right things. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, but clearly there are people who've got an agenda to, to keep him out. Um, but I think, uh, from my point of view, um, given that where the, where the club is at the moment, if it's a question of, uh, uh, Rajasthan Royals or, or, or Colin Graves, I would rather see the present board out and Colin Graves in. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, in agreement there with uh, Mr. Breeze. So, um, but we'll leave that on that cherry note uh, for Yorkshire cricket. Yorkshire won a game against Derbyshire this week at Scarborough. So um, well done to the Tykes. And so we're moving on to Rugby Union. The World Cup starts um tomorrow at time of recording thursday so it is tomorrow the 8th and um, but by the time you listen to this uh the first game will be on but i'll by the by um rugby union world cup tony um england don't have a prayer really do we i think that's a fair summation yeah um i think uh, based on the evidence that we've got thus far um they will struggle to get out of the group um, yes, 
That being said, I suppose you look back to the World Cup in 2007 when they were similarly pretty poor, really. I think they got thumped in the first uh, pool game. Was it 36-0 by South Africa? Uh, and yes. somehow they managed to pull themselves together and ended up playing South Africa again in the final, which was a lot closer game, of course. So I suppose miracles can happen, but um, they did have some fairly good players in that side. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson, for example, was uh, was still around then. Um, I, and I, I just don't see enough world-class players in the England <coughs> side for, for that to happen. Uh, I, I see a better side than we've been seeing in, in, in recent performances. They should be doing a lot better than that. Um, uh, and I would have hoped, sort of, if I'd have been looking at this sort of 12 months ago, looking ahead, I'd have thought, well, England should have a pretty good shout of finishing top of the group. Uh, and given this this ludicrously lopsided draw, this is a, I, I, anybody who knows anything about rugby union, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll say that they've got to stop this thing of making the draw so far in advance because I mean the draw for this World Cup is a bit like seeding the FA Cup and putting Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Tottenham and Liverpool all in one side of the draw uh, because we've got the top five uh, teams in the world all in the same side of the draw. Three of them in the same pool, Scotland, Ireland and South Africa, the other two France and New Zealand and the winners and second of those pool play each other in the in the quarterfinals. Um, so uh, it's ludicrously lopsided. So you'd have looked at England's side of the draw, where they're in, of course, with um, Argentina, uh, Samoa, Chile and Japan. And you'd have said, you know, they should have a chance of good chance of winning that. They should certainly get through the pool. Well, I don't think that's certain at all, because I, they're certainly going to be underdogs for their opening match against Argentina on Saturday. I think they'll struggle against uh, Japan. Uh, I think that'll be quite hard, and they might even have problems with Samoa. Um, and whoever comes first and second in that group then plays the teams who are the top two in the group, which comprises Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and I think it's Romania. But anyhow, it may not be, but there's another a weaker side in that pool. Mm. Um, so you'd say that Fiji would have a chance there because, I mean, Australia haven't exactly been cracking any pots. I think they've lost is it the last five or something. Wales are pretty poor. Um, so you can see there, really, that, that Argentina probably would be fancying their chances as the best of those sides in that side of the draw. Uh, but it really is ludicrously lopsided. But even so... England, who should have a great chance of getting the semi-finals, don't look uh, likely to at all from all of all, all of that. Um, and and it really is very unfortunate that that some of these top teams are bound to go out um, uh, before the semi-final. You know, we we could have uh, uh, New Zealand playing South Africa in a, in a quarter-final. We could have France playing Ireland in a quarter-final. And there's you know two of the top teams out. Um, yeah. before the semi-final. So it's, it's, a, it's a ludicrous draw, really. Uh, and as I say, it's because it was made so so long ago when the, the ordering of the teams, the seeding of the teams, was was, was quite different. Uh, but to come back to your original question, no, England don't have a prayer, really. <laughs> that was, thanks, Tony. That was a very long way of saying yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Alan, um, are you uh, looking forward to the Rugby Union World Cup? And um, I think um, Tony's right. It is very lopsided. But who do you think could win it? I think New Zealand, South Africa, maybe. Well, uh, who knows? 
Uh, I, I think just to reinforce what Tony said, yes, that this goes back to the roots go back to France insisting that the seeding was taking place or that the draw was taking place at the seeding at the time. At that time, England was strong, Australia was strong, Wales was stronger, um, and it's changed. So we're now three years on. Uh, France might have sold some tickets. But we've got chaos in terms of the. Uh, the the draw, but you've got to you know the side that wins the the, um, the World Cup. It's got to beat other good sides. So yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, I, I believe in serendipity. Uh, this evening I thought I'll treat myself to a glass of wine. Um, I, I was didn't have enough foresight to put the white wine in the cooler, so I put my hand out and I got a bottle of Argentine Malbec, and I thought that's a good omen. I'm going to get I'm going to demolish this Argentinian wine. Uh, and I hope that come Saturday, it will be a, a really good afternoon. Grimsby beat Bradford, Rhinos beat Wigan and Grims and England give Argentina a good hiding. So that's my prediction for Saturday. That's Alan Breed, <laughs> by the way, who has had a, uh, a, a glass full of wine. So uh, hey, we, we should we should add, add to that one. Uh, in, in amongst all of that, you could also squeeze in England against Ukraine, of course. Uh, so you could have all <laughs> oh, yes. indeed yeah. for the international break, and uh, England are playing Ukraine in the Euro qualifiers, and uh, got a small matter of a friendly game against Scotland as well on Tuesday, mm -hmm. which should be cracking. Um, Thanks a lot, guys. Um, I'm going to go with um, New Zealand. I think New Zealand will win the World Cup this year. Um, they're not very good in Europe, but they have won it once in Europe. So I, I, I think New Zealand will win it this year. It's got to be one of uh, New Zealand, South Africa, France, Ireland, I think. Um, yes. And I just else. think Ireland, just if the World Cup had been played maybe a year or two ago, I, I think Ireland would have been. But I think... <laughs> They may just be over the peak now of where they were. Um, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, 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 but they're going to have some, uh, and it's going to re require, obviously, I mean, anybody who's going to win it needs a bit of luck in, in, in not having key players get injured. I think that's that's got to yes. play a major part. And, of course, also not doing something that falls foul of the referee, because I think red and yellow cards could play quite a part in this World Cup, given the sort of occurrences and incidents that lead to these cards these days yeah it's uh it's a different game from uh from 1987 when the first world cup was played um mm. over in new zealand um, very much so very very much so different game uh thanks guys thanks for that um we've uh we've gone past the time <laughs> what does that matter and uh we're just in time for our sporting moment of the week and um alan what's yours sir well, we've already mentioned it, or I've already mentioned it. Uh, it goes back to Huddersfield. I've got a soft spot for them. Uh, no hopers. <laughs> and, uh, they go and win away in the 96th minute against West Bromwich Albion. They could say they've lost it, but they didn't. They won it. And I hope that just puts them on the right track. They're a super club. They're a community club. And that's what sport should be about. It shouldn't be about multimillionaires in the Premier League. Yeah, amen to that. Thank you very much, Alan. Uh, Tony, your sporting moment of the week. Yeah, um, uh, given an honourable mention to, to Jack Draper, who's had a good run in the US Open um, over in, in New York um, uh, and performed very well to, to, to get through uh, three rounds of that. Um, 
but uh, my sporting moment of the week, I'm afraid, it's, it's going to be a bit like last week when I was uh, when I gave England Fiji, England losing to Fiji in the uh, in the Rugby Union as being a remarkable result. Uh, there was another remarkable result last night when Sri Lanka's women beat uh, the England women in a T20 series. Uh, England won the first match quite handily. Everybody had just assumed that, uh, after, especially after drawing the Ashes series against Australia, that they would just steamroller them. Uh, but they had a, what everybody thought was a blip in the next match, got bowled out cheaply. Sri Lanka knocked the runs off. Uh, and uh, everybody, including myself, I thought, well, that'll shake them up and they'll uh, come to their senses and play sensibly in the in the third game. But they didn't. They got rolled out again for, I think, about 116. Uh, and Sri Lanka knocked the runs off. First time they've ever beaten uh, England in, in any sort of form of cricket, I think. Uh, certainly the first time they've won a series and a T20 series at that. Um, and uh, England certainly, uh, I think, underperformed. Uh, lacked a really clear sort of idea of what they were trying to do and probably took the thing a bit too lightly in some ways um, without being disrespectful to the opposition, I hope. Um, but uh, great credit to Sri Lanka. It's a tremendous result for them. It will do wonders, I'm sure, for, for women's cricket in that country. Uh, and congratulations to them. Absolutely. And it brings, just like the Women's World Cup, kind of brought all the countries closer together. I think this will help women's cricket and the countries come closer together. And it's not going to be England, Australia and India. Um, you know, Sri Lanka coming to England and winning a T20 series yeah. is absolutely fantastic um, mm. for for the game as a whole. So, yeah, fully agree with that one. Um, um, my sporting moment of the week, um, obviously, um, Celtic going to Rangers, uh, 50,000 home fans, not a single away fan. And Kyogo getting the goal just before half time, 1 0, and four points clear. And uh, yeah, that was my sporting moment of the week. So there we go. So I, I suspect, Ian, I, I didn't see the match, but I suspect um, when, when the Celtic guys scored the goal, um, the sound in Ibrox at the time would have been uh, a definition of silence. A definition of silence followed mm. by a crescendo of booing. Oh, really? um, and it was it was a joy to hear. Um, <laughs> it truly was. Thanks very much, Alan. Thanks very much, Tony. It's been an absolute ball tonight. Brilliant. Much appreciated. Um, so just to remind you, Saturday, um, Bradford against Grimsby with Alan and Alistair Kirkpatrick. That's from half 12 on Saturday. And then straight after that, it's to Headingley and Steve Fountain and Kane Hall uh, brings you full match commentary on Leeds Rhinos against Wigan Warriors. So an action-packed Saturday. Um, hopefully you won't be in a hospital and hopefully you can get to um, Valley Parade or Headingley uh, or anywhere else you want to go and watch sport. But if you are in hospital, get well soon and um, yeah, do enjoy the commentating on Saturday, the sporting coverage that we'll bring you. And uh, we'll be back next week with another sport huddle. And um, yeah, and um, you get well soon and um, see you soon. Bye-bye.